think I'm just going to save my money. <laughs> you know, put it under the mattress in a savings account, whatever. Don't want to touch the market. Get away from me. Or do not. There is no try. What you do right now makes a difference. Every man dies. Not every man really lives. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to my official episode number two of the It's Totally Possible podcast, and I am the host, Anth Mancini. I see, I was going to say Anthony, and then I said Anth. But anyways, it's Ant Mancini, pumped to have episode number two up and running. Um, and today, we are going to discuss something that is super important to me. Um, it has been very important to me for over the past two, three years, um, and will be moving on for the rest of my life, for that matter. Um, I think it's a topic that a lot of millennials either, A, don't know about, excuse me, they know about it, but they feel like they're not an expert in this particular topic, so they avoid it, or they think that it is above them at their current state. But what I'm talking about, right, is investing in the stock market, or investing, period. And as a millennial, if you fall into that age range, I think it's super important to have some kind of plan and start investing today. Well, actually, should have been investing two plus years ago. Um, you know, but it's the same traps that I I fell into, and that's the thing that we're going to cover today. You know, reasons why you're not investing, reasons why you should be investing, and some simple ways to get started very easily, so that way you can take care of yourself and your family in the future. Um, because, you know, thinking about where we'll be at as a generation in the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, Social Security most likely is not going to be enough to live off of at that point in time. So got to start thinking about investing, guys. Um, it's really not as overwhelming or as complicated as you think. But anyways, with that, with all that confusion, you hear the little raspiness of my voice and the stuffiness. Um, bear with me. I feel like straight dog crap. <laughs> Don't know if I'm getting sick or if it's allergies, but I'm a, I'm a muddle through. You know, show must go on. All that jazz. Um, all that jazz. Wow. All right. Anyways, uh, let's dive right in, guys. So the first thing that I want to talk about are all the reasons that we tell ourselves that we should not be investing in the market or that stop us from doing so. These are a bunch of reasons that I, I personally lied to myself and repeated these in my head or have fought them at one point or another, but luckily I had a strong, swift kick in the ass by a good friend of mine who kind of showed me the light, you know, so to speak. Um, so with that being said, some of these are very, very common. One reason why you're not investing your money is most likely that you think it's just like gambling. Investing money in the stock market is like gambling. It's like Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin, ethereal, Ethereum, Ethereum. You know, it's uh, it's above my head. I, I don't know much about it. I, I think I need to have a financial advisor or, you know, I'm not quite there yet in my life. I, I don't need to worry about that. That's number one, right? That's a, that's a lie that we always tell ourselves. And I'm going to go back and kind of explain these a little bit more and what reasons, how we can overcome these little invisible scripts that we tell ourselves. But number two, the most common reason why people tell themselves that, or at least I find that they're not investing their money, is that you don't think you have enough money to start investing, right? And you're going to be surprised because I started my investment account when I was making nothing, basically a part-time salary with a lot of bills to pay, 
I invested with just $50. And you can invest with less. And that $50 wasn't even mine. It was a gift from a friend who really wanted me to do this. So you can start with literally the lowest amount of money you can imagine for the most part. Um, you don't need a lot to get started. And then I know people are thinking, well, if you don't have a lot of money in there, you're not going to make a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to get to that and reasons why you should still be investing anyways. So reason number three, this I find that not everyone really says this. This is a smaller subset of people, but they'll tell me, you know, I, I don't have the time to manage my money and I don't want to be paying attention to these accounts and, and have to really monitor it. You know, I just want to give it to somebody and let them do it. And that's fine. That's a that's a valid concern. But I think when we tackle that particular reason, it, you'll be surprised that you doesn't require a lot of time because at least what I do, I don't I'm not doing active day trading. I'm not sitting there in a room pounding back a Red Bull just trying to be like ah, you know, trying to make the best possible trade every day. It's not it's not my skill set. I don't know much about that. I focus on the quote unquote um, you know, like quarterly trading, not even quarterly trading. It's more like every few months I might reinforce a position, strengthen my portfolio, or just check it. It's not active day trading. So I, I spend, you know, probably less than two hours a week checking my account, my portfolio. So that's reason number three. Um, reason number four is uh, people keep telling me I'm just putting my money into a high yield savings account or a bond. You know, I just want to put it in there. I, I'm going to save it, save, 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 save some more. And uh, yeah, I don't want to invest it. That's too risky. You know, I, I feel way more comfortable if I just throw that money into a savings account. And guess what? I'm not against having a savings account. I think that savings accounts are useful and they serve a purpose. But if you're goal or plan is to become wealthier from said savings account by putting your money into a savings account, you are never going to save your way to wealth and you're never going to save your way to becoming financially secure either for most people, you know, making average incomes, you know, obviously that does not take into consideration outliers, um, people that are making well over a hundred plus thousand dollars a year or higher, but I'm assuming that if you're listening to the, this podcast, you might not quite fall into that category just yet, um, especially with your age if you're anywhere in that millennial age range, like I said. Um, so yeah, so those are four big reasons why I didn't invest early on and a lot of my friends that I know that aren't quite there, they're not investing yet. Um, and people that I meet, just they tell me these things. And those four reasons, again, are we think that investing money in the stock market is like gambling. Reason number two is, you know, I don't have enough money to start investing. Reason three might be, I don't have the time to sit there and manage or monitor my portfolio, nor do I want to do it. Um, and reason number four is, you know, I think I'm just going to save my money, <laughs> you know, put it under the mattress in a savings account, whatever. Don't want to touch the market. Get away from me. Um, so with that being said, <sighs> let's look at each one of these because personally, Investing money in the stock market, I don't think is like gambling for the most part. And that's just because what we don't understand, we tend to fear. And I was one of these people. And over time, my buddy Jordan basically showed me and educated me on the ins and outs of the markets. And I'm going to preface <clears throat> by saying that by no means am I an expert. Uh, I'm not certified 
I'm not a certified or qualified stock trader. I, I feel like I feel like a joker not even knowing the appropriate word, uh, term for that. But um, by no means am I an expert in the matter. But gambling is going to a casino and betting against the house and potentially losing, right? Whereas stock market investing, if you're investing into companies, if you do your research and you're not looking to day trade and you invest in strong, solid companies, Disney, Pepsi, uh, Kraft Heinz, Hershey, um, these even like bigger companies, which can be a little bit more speculative, like Netflix. Um, oh man, there's just so many. But like, if you are investing for the long term, and also if you look at index funds, they can be a very uh, passive way to approach your investing. Um, the returns might be lower, but they are also see less. Uh, the downside is less. Um, but there are a lot of ways to go about investing where you're not going to lose a large portion of your money if you're conscious and if you're a smart investor and you become educated. And it doesn't take a lot to learn what really separates a good investment from a bad investment. And the biggest thing I feel like when people think that investing is like gambling, it's because these people either A, are looking at it like I want short-term rewards, or B, they have done that before, looking for short-term rewards and lost significantly. Um, so if you're investing in the market, you can't be expecting, you can't go in with the mindset thinking like, I want to turn around in a week, a month, or even a year or two, you know, and make a lot of money from it so I can go buy that sick, sick new Apple Watch, car, house, whatever, you know. For me, I look at it like this is what's going to take care of me throughout my lifetime. Excuse me, once I hedge closer to 40, 50, and 60 years old, you know, this is going to be that nest egg for me. So you have to look at it as a long-term strategy. And if you really want to get excited and understand, just look up what a compound look up what compounding is if you're not familiar with the term. And then go to a compounding calculator and then type in some numbers and you'll really start to freak out once you see how how well compounding can work in your favor. Start out with $1,000 in the investment account, you know, if compounds over a 5% return you see every year, um, and let's say you add an additional $1,000 every year, like just put in little numbers like that, like even the lowest amount that you could possibly start with, and you'll be surprised what you might have with over a 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 year period. Hundreds, it could equate to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, again, as long as you're smart, patient and you're an understanding investor it, you can take care of yourself with literally nothing so investing not really like gambling i think that's a commonly used analogy and it's just not entirely true for the large majority of people um, so number two you know i don't have enough money to start investing i already touched on this this is gonna be super brief you know i, I had fifty dollars left over from my paychecks. Um, well, let me go back. The $50 I started my account with actually came from a friend who wanted me to get going and open my investment account and start investing. But I kept telling him, oh, I, I want to do it now. I get it. But dude, I'm broke. I got no money. I got credit card debt. I, I don't have any money to put into that. And he then proceeded to sit down, helped me with my finances, figuring out, and now um, developed a system for my um, income and my finances and my expenses to basically like automate the process, help me divvy up the money so I know where everything's going. And then I was left over with $50 roughly after every paycheck, quote unquote, my fun money, right? And from there, I decided no more fun money. You know, that money now was going into my investment account every paycheck that I got it. So 
getting paid bi-weekly. That's two paychecks per month. Um, and fifty dollars, so it was a hundred bucks a month. I was able to put in, and sometimes that varied. It went from twenty-five to fifty, depending what you know what the paycheck looked like, because it was a part-time income. So I, I, I mean, essentially, I started my account with fifty dollars, and I, and that's all I used to add to it. Fifty bucks a paycheck. It's, which is nothing compared to a lot of people I know. Um, and it just over time grew. Um, you know, I'm still, I'll say this. You know, I'm still sub like. Fifteen thousand dollars, sub sub twelve thousand um, dollars, but that's only because I've been adding to it very slowly and putting just the excess money that I have right now. Um, and so, when I had more money from gifts or events or you know my side business, if I made a little extra money, I I would put into it you know what I could. So it's not about how much that's going into it; it's about consistently adding to it, and it'll start to pick up quick. Because once I hit, uh, I think my first like thousand dollars it was like super freaking exciting because i looked at it not only that had i hit the thousand dollar mark but then i noticed um (laughs) my one particular company mondelez was my first investment and that company i think had grown it was up like eight or nine percent um in that it must have been like a i want to say like a six to eight ish month period which was freaking cool so i made nine percent of my money which was roughly what ninety dollars, right? And do some simple math. <laughs> um, doing nothing, like the money grew on its own, and that was just a super cool feeling, which I don't think a lot of people realize. And some people might say, "Well, wow, dude, you made ninety bucks on thousand dollars. Great, I spend that in a week on Chipotle." <laughs> um, I, I get that, but just add nine percent, or excuse me, just do nine percent of whatever number you want. Let's say you have more. Let's say you have five grand. Let's say you have ten grand. Let's say you have forty-five grand that you can put in. Right, forty-five thousand dollars. You put in nine percent. You saw the same return. Now do that math and tell me what that would have been. Right? It's just when you start seeing that growth, and not to mention I got more money from Mondelez uh, in terms of dividends, which are payments that certain companies will pay you for being an owner in the company when they do well um, quarterly um, and annually as well. And so you can either get that sent to you as a paycheck, or excuse me, as a check, um, or you can have it set up where it goes and reinvest back into the company buying you additional shares, right? It's called drip. So it was just mind-blowing when I first noticed that. So I'm going to wrap this one up because I'm rambling a little bit, but when investing, you don't need a lot to start. 50 bucks, get you going, and then you consistently add to that, and you will just you will just be so freaking excited once you start to see that money move and grow on its own. Um, and you look back and you know you got three, four thousand dollars in there, ten thousand dollars. it's uh, it's a pretty cool feeling. And it's even cooler because you know you're in control of it and you're managing it. and you're not really doing a lot. you know you don't have to do a lot to manage that. Um, and if you're still with me after that, let's let's talk about number three. So the number three reason why people millennials aren't investing is you know they don't have time. I don't want to manage my money. I don't want to do it. I don't want to pay attention. I got a short, short, short attention span. I got to scroll through uh, Instagram some more. And God, there's a couple of Facebook memes I really need to check out. Um, yeah. So somehow we can manage to check our phones about 300 times a day, but we don't have time to just peek at our investment portfolio, which will possibly make us money while we sleep and take care of us in the future. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, Anyways, 
this can vary person to person depending how obsessive you are but you know i take anywhere from like 10 15 minutes a day maybe uh, i want to say like twice a week um i don't know four three four times a month it really varies for me but it's not a lot it's it's really as often as i want to check it do i need to check it um if the market's doing something good or doing something really bad i might peek at it just to have an idea of what's happening in my accounts but i do not obsess over it i treat it kind of like a savings account <laughs> go figure right um and i just put money into it and once i hit a certain threshold then i'm reinforcing a position or or um diversifying the portfolio but i don't i don't i don't diversify <laughs> that often um, so you don't need a lot of time to manage it literally an hour a week if that, just to keep an eye on things, and you can see it grow. Uh, so the fourth and final reason that I hear so much, right, is I'd rather keep my money in a savings account. Guys, what is a savings account going to do for you? Interest on savings accounts is dismal. It's insulting. Some high yield savings might be 2%, might be. And that right now, they might be 2% just because the, the whole market as a whole is doing so incredibly well. But imagine in a bear market or in a correction or just overall in a time that is not now where the market is acting strange, um, interest rates are basically nothing. And you will make nothing off of your money being in a savings account. Now, with that being said, savings accounts are useful and I consider them transactional accounts, meaning I'm putting my money into them as a holding until I decide to invest it into something else. And that something else could look like my investment account, or it could look like a house, or it could be college, college fund for my kids, quote unquote, because I don't have any kids yet. Um, it, it could be something like that. A big ticket item that requires a lot of cash up front other than an, uh, an investment account. You know, Real estate is definitely one of those things. A car can also be one of those things. So I, I consider savings accounts very transactional and that's all they are there for. They're there to move money from point A to point C. And so if you have a savings account, I don't, you know, slash and burn it i think it's useful to have but just i want you to think about how you're using your savings account how many do you have do they have specific goals set for each of them and if so you should be treating this the same way you treat your investment account that i hope you open after listening to this um, is that you have a goal set for that particular account right one one account might be all right this savings account is set specifically for my first house right i know i need anywhere from 10 to thirty thousand dollars for a down payment i'm just throwing out numbers Boom, we're gonna keep adding to it, little by little. Even if you're only adding $5, it doesn't matter. That shit adds up, guys, so put in the money. So savings account, transactional, got it. Um, all right, that covered the biggest reasons why you should be investing, right? And to keep this in my certain time range for this particular podcast I uh, episode, I'm not gonna talk about you know, all the little intricacies of how to do it. But literally, you can get started by going to TD Ameritrade. And I'm not affiliated with them, so I'm not getting paid for this shit. <laughs> um, but you can go there. They're just one of my favorite trading platforms, that's all I'm going to say, just because that's what I was introduced to. And I've looked at, like, one or two other ones. But um, now is the best time to actually go to TD Ameritrade. It's free to open your account, free to fund it. And on top of that, you guys are going to get in at a way better time than I did because when I started – you had to pay a transaction cost every time you bought or sold a stock. And it's not a lot, it's seven bucks, but you know I had to be more um, conscious of how often I was trading so that I, my, those fees didn't eat away at what I was earning. Um, but now, T 
TD Ameritrade has zero trading fees, meaning you can trade, buy, sell today, four times today, four times this week for free. So it's insane. I don't know how long it's going to last. So now is really a great time to get in. Um, go to TD Ameritrade. You can get started now. And if you need more information, you can definitely go to the site, you know, go to it's totally possible.com um, slash finance and forward slash finance. And um, I have some information on there on how to kind of get started. And I will put out, I'm thinking about putting out a uh, full how-to guide, how to start your account on there, step-by-step understanding everything, um, and how to get started with your first $50 to $100 or, or whatever you really want to get started with. Um, so that's all I'm going to say on that. I would just think about it, you know, and definitely le- inform me some way, comment or send me an email at um, ant at itstotallypossible.com if you have questions about how to do this. You know, I'm happy to talk to you guys and give you my advice. Again, not an expert. You know, I, I by no means am I super successful or I think I have the, the mass secrets, but at least can help you get started and point you in the right direction um, because I think you, you guys really – in a year from now and two years from now you're going to look back and when you and you see that you wish you would have opened that account because maybe the market corrected and now is a huge buying opportunity because things are pennies on the dollar and and you weren't set up for it you know you weren't ready um i just want you to think about these things um, you don't have to be super wealthy so get started get today get started get today get started today go to td ameritrade check out you know, some information, browse, maybe open up an account, um, and drop me some comments as well on the site. Otherwise, I appreciate you guys so much for listening to episode number two in the book. Pew, pew! All right, I'm pumped. Even though I feel like crap, I'm going to continue putting out future episodes, Tuesdays and Thursdays right now. And from here, um, guys, if you leave a five-star review, I would appreciate that more in the world. A five-star review and then a little bit about what you like, what you dislike, what you want to hear on the show. That really helps us as uh, podcasters. Not that I can even really consider myself that yet. Um, But that really does help, and I really appreciate it. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, drop a review five-star rating. Appreciate y'all. Now I'm going to let the music take you away. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. You can always find all future episodes at itstotallypossible.com and there is no apostrophe between the IT and the S. Catch you in the next episode.